Welcome to the Michael Myers Minute, where we delve into the 1978 horror classic Halloween, one minute at a time. I'm your host, Robert Black. Minute 36 begins on Orange Grove in Hollywood. We watch from the passenger seat of Michael's stolen station wagon. Lori has just gotten out of Amy's car. Second nine, Annie pulls her car away from the curb. Before we really get into the minute, I recently got a copy of a book, Nightmare on Main Street, Angels, Sadomasochism, and the Culture of Gothic by Mark Edmondson, published in 1997. And I was just starting to glance through it. I noticed this rather, as a fan of slasher films, I, I almost want to call it offensive line, where he says, around 1975, slasher films began proliferating in America, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. But these were down-and-dirty productions shot on shoestring budgets and patronized by adolescents looking for quasi-sexual shivers and by the sorts of middle-aged men who have trouble keeping eye contact. I don't know. It's this, It seems like he's deliberately comparing 70s, and that's not even all 70s. And that's 70s and early 80s. Uh, slasher films, horror films, to pornography. And the slasher film is not about pornography. And... I did a YouTube video's top five slasher films. I won't spoil what the top five was. But I was doing this video and I got to clips from Roger and Ebert where they did an entire like special episode about, what did they call them? Violence Against Women films, something hyperbolic. Because they saw slasher films because all the victims tended to be female, tended to be undressed. Although this was... The undress thing was very 80s, very 70s, regardless of horror film, regardless of genre. And so, yeah, you got undressed people, you got violence. This is cinema coming out of the 70s, going into the 80s. It's excess, because home video hadn't really taken off yet. It was building, and home video actually increased it, because people wanted that, what do you call it, that excitement, that sexual... <laughs> okay, fine. Edmondson may have a point when he says we want quasi-sexual shivers. I don't know how conscious it was, but yeah, that is the thing we want. We want to feel that energy, feel that fear, feel that passion, feel that, feel that, mm, you know? <laughs> I don't know if there's a word for it exactly. Quasi-sexual shivers just seems too condescending. Carol Clover talks about the psychosexual fury of the slasher film Killer, and since most slasher films use the eye camera and the POV shots and put us sort of as complicit with the killer in a way, then you could argue, yeah, there's a psychosexual fury to us watching these films. Yes, we want the stimulation. We want the excitement. That doesn't mean it's the same thing as pornography. It doesn't mean that it's negative. And what does the slasher film give you? We just had a guest who hadn't really seen slasher films, hadn't seen Halloween until recently. And you got to think, like I, for example, have grown up with this movie almost the entire 40 years it's been around. Basically my entire life. And what I will come down to anecdotal, subjective, entirely. What I get from slasher films is these notions about the world. I've said before, a big part of the slasher film is young people going out and playing at being adults. And the real adults in the film, the authority figures, are powerless against whatever killer is out there. And people have to learn to fend for themselves. And it's sort of this commentary on reality itself. 
you cannot trust authority figures and adults and people with more experience to get everything done for you. Sometimes the danger is yours to face, yours to face alone. So this suggestion by Edmondson that slasher films are seen by middle-aged men who have trouble keeping eye contact? Hang out with more people. I mean, this is a while ago. Edmondson's book was published in the late 90s. But in doing this show, I follow a lot of uh, fans of Halloween on, like, Instagram. My Instagram for this show, Michael Myers Minute. You see a lot of pictures of locations and things like that. And a lot of them are obsessed with, like, cosplay, sort of, like, the, getting the mask just right, getting the costume just right. I don't have much interest in playing Michael myself, but I get it. It's this, I don't want to call it a fantasy, because it's not like they're imagining killing people, but they're, Michael is a force of nature. Michael is evil. Michael is the unknown. The unknown especially is a good one here, because that's the fantasy. To be this silent thing that people can't understand. To be mysterious, if that makes any sense. You know, why don't we just ask one? Our last minute guest, Lito Velasco, the Shape of Fear cosplay on Instagram. Let's just start with the obvious one. Why do you dress as Michael Myers? So I guess it's because Halloween is the first movie that I ever saw that really truly scared me, terrified me. <laughs> um, because it resonated so deeply within me, I think it gave me the urge to kind of want to give some of that terror back to other people, um, which sounds kind of weird, but you know, there's two, I, I think there's like two types of people who, when they see Michael Myers, the way they react, like there's people who get genuinely terrified. And then I think there's people who get a little bit scared, but they're also excited. Yeah. Um, because even if you enjoy Michael Myers or like Michael Myers as a character like like I do when I see other Michael Myers cosplayers if I'm not in cosplay I actually even though I'm excited I get a little bit kind of creeped out so <laughs> which you know because I'm like well I assume that's a good cosplayer nice person in there I hope yeah. like you know I mean obviously you know there I've never experienced any incidents but there's always that possibility and I think that's kind of what I like about portraying the character. Do you think people are thinking that of you when you're in that character? I think to a degree, probably, yeah. I mean, I think something that speaks to that is um, on my Facebook page for my Michael Myers cosplay, The Shape of Fear cosplay, they, you know, I've posted a lot of different kinds of pics, scary pics, and, you know, kind of darkly lit pics that capture the essence of the character and I take a pictures in South Pasadena where they filmed the movie and that sort of thing but then I've also done photo shoots with my friends um, and the photos have been taken by John York and we've done kind of more playful settings for the slashers which I know people some people really really don't like oh like the beach photos yes yeah so I mean stuff like that I've put up on my page and I've had people respond by saying things like, well, now that I know what he looks like, I'm not scared anymore. You know, so huh. I think people, if they don't know what you look like and they don't know who you are because of that mask being such a blank slate and because of what people associate that mask with, I think there is a degree of, oh dear God, I hope this person's not, you know, someone evil or, you know, someone <laughs> that wants to actually do people harm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. even if you're going to a convention like Monster Palooza or something like that, 
there is, I think, in the back of people's minds, especially people who have, you know, seen a lot of horror movies, there's always that possibility. And with this new movie out now called Hellfest, yeah. which is basically a premise that I've been talking about for years. I've been like, man, someone should do a movie where people are at an amusement park kind of horror Halloween-ish, like Halloween Horror Nights event, and there's an actual killer on the loose. Because how terrifying would that be? You wouldn't know. Like, you'd have no idea. So I think it's the same thing when you go to, like, Monster Palooza, especially for people who have seen a lot of horror films and have that sort of imagination and have that kind of dark side to them. There's always that part of you that goes, but what if... No, 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 that can't be. We're at my, that's not going to happen. We're at Monster Palooza, but you never know. So, have you seen Hellfest yet? I have not. I really want to. Like I said, I've, I saw I saw it on Friday. It was cool. Was it good? It, I thought it it started a little slow, but once it got going, the premise works really well for that. Oh yeah. I mean, well, again, that's that's I've talked to my wife about that premise literally for like the past ten years, <laughs> and I've. I've always kind of said like, oh, I should, you know, do something with that. And of course, life gets in the way. And I'm not saying I could have if I wanted to, but it would have been cool to jump on that idea when I yeah. had it. I'm sure a million people had that idea at the same time, though, because they say that about good ideas. Like, you think you have the good idea yourself. And it's like, there's someone out there that has had that exact same idea. It's hard to find something truly unique. Yeah, because different elements come together and create that same idea in different places. Exactly. Exactly. Have you been doing this that long? You said 10 years? Um, no, I've... Or you had this idea just when you went to a park. Yeah, I've had the idea of doing the, you know, killer on the loose in a theme park for like the past 10 years because it dates back to pretty much, I think, the first time that we went to any kind of Halloween event in Los Angeles, which was about 10 years ago. But I've, I've been dressing as the Shape of Fear cosplay since, oh, I'd say like 1992 or three. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I've been doing it for a really, really long time. And for a while, I was working with <clears throat> Trankus Films. I was doing their events. Um, like um, They had a foundation called the, the Scare Foundation that raised money for homeless children in Los Angeles, and they would have a yearly gala, and I would appear as Michael for them, and then I've done their Blu-ray releases and their conventions. And Wait, would you scare the homeless children? No, 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 sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what it was was, uh, I didn't explain that very well. It's... <laughs> It's called the, the Scare Foundation, and what they do is they raise money to benefit homeless and impoverished children in Los Angeles, okay. but they would hold a gala once a year where they would like invite a bunch of celebrities, and then they would honor one guest. Like the first year, they honored Jamie Lee Curtis, and then the second year, they honored Malcolm McDowell, and et cetera, et cetera. So like, they'd have an event that was like, you know, open bar, a bunch of celebrities, and okay. they'd say like, you know, open your, your pocketbooks and your wallets, and give whatever you can, and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm just saying I would appear at those events as michael myers for them i was not i was not scaring homeless children don't worry <laughs> not yet anyway we'll scare you but we'll give you money here's five dollars you'll feel better <laughs> you don't just dress up as michael though see you have photos at least of you as jason right yeah i do i tend to be one of those people though that like I have to be really careful about the way i say this because i've, I've caught a lot of grief for this in the past but i'm one of those people that I tend to only cosplay 
or try to tackle characters that I, I'm, I'm comfortable inhabiting physically. Like, I don't do Hockey Mask Jason, I do Sackhead Jason, because the guys who portrayed him in part two were, like, about my size. It's the same thing with Michael Myers. I can do Michael Myers because I'm actually taller than um, Nick Castle and Dick Warlock were in the first two films, and I don't do any of the other uh, Michaels beyond one and two. Well, I, I do the, the 2018 Michael Myers, but it's supposed to be the same character, yeah. so I'm assuming he's close to Nick Castle's height. I actually haven't looked up his exact height, but would the Rob Zombie Michael would be bigger than that, right? Oh my time, god, he's, he's six foot seven. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I would never... I mean, like I said, I, if anyone wants to do that, hey, go for it, you know, knock yourself out. I'm just one of those people that I'm, I try to be as screen accurate as possible no matter what <laughs> I'm doing. Nice. Like, I also do um, Michael Keaton's Batman, and I'm just a little bit taller than Michael Keaton, and I've done Freddy Krueger, and I'm only three inches taller than Robert, so when nice. I slouch and do the kind of, like, stance that he has, people can't really tell, but I wouldn't... I I wouldn't do like Darth Vader or Batman or anyone like that because they're like 6'3 and 6'8 and I just I don't want to not look right quote unquote and you do details too you at I met you at Sugarman Gallery a few weeks mm -hmm. ago mm -hmm. I talked about that listeners remember that um, you had a thing under your mask applied to your left eye, right? I actually had that at Monster Palooza. Okay, I saw a photo of it, and then I'm like, Myers. I couldn't remember if I saw that in person or just a photo. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's for my 2018 Myers. I'm actually going to be appearing at Dark Delicacies on October 20th. Wait, for the novel? They, yeah. They, oh, I'm they, going to that. Oh, sweet. Well, they've, <laughs> they've, they've worked with me um, a bunch of times in the past. Dell and Sue Howison are actually good friends of, of mine. And every time they have any kind of Michael Myers related event, they're like, yo, sh the shape, October 23rd. You know, it's like, okay, see there. So nice. I'm actually going to have, um, I got um, the clouded contact lens for his blind eye. And nice. my makeup guy, David Woodruff, well, he's not my makeup guy, but he's the guy that does <laughs> my makeup whenever I do complicated makes makeups. He's going to be doing um, an actual scarred left eye appliance and, you know, dirtying up and blooding up my hands and everything. Just because, like I said, I you mentioned doing the details. I just, I want to give people as authentic an experience as I can with whatever whatever I'm doing. I'm, I'm playing the Joker for Warner Brothers uh, Horror Made Here. And again, that's, that's a role that I can tackle because, you know, the character's not much taller than I am in, in most incarnations. Right. So right. it's something I can do, but I actually, you know, it's, I posted about this on Facebook and Instagram today. I was at the gym killing myself earlier. Cause I, I'm like, I've got two more pounds to lose. So till I hit my target weight <laughs> for the Joker, cause he's a little bit skinnier than I normally am. So I try to go the extra mile. So people will feel more like it's the real thing. Nice. Yeah. Since you're talking about different characters, it would be time for guest questions, because one of them has to do with that. Okay. So question one, have you ever murdered anyone, or do you plan to? <laughs> Only on film. I, I've, <laughs> I've been in a couple of horror films where I've played uh, the killer, and yeah, I've, of course we do fake murders in the film, yeah. but no, I've never been that upset with anyone, except maybe during like sports playoffs but <laughs> i don't think i would ever actually go that that far it's i feel i tend to feel bad after i get angry at anybody and apologize like profusely afterwards so like i don't see myself ever being able <laughs> to do that unless it's self-defense okay uh question two was what why this comes now is is there a character that is the most fun to cosplay 
Yeah, it's it's funny because I've been I've been cosplaying Myers longer than I have the Joker, but I I think the Joker is probably my most fun cosplay. Um, just because there's so many different versions of him that I do. I've I've done the the Heath Ledger and the Jared Leto and the animated series, and <clears throat> the one that I'm doing for Horror Made here is one that. When people see it, they're going to be, you know, like, oh, I know that from such and such. I can't say right now what it is, but but it's something that people are going to be, you know, very familiar with. And Now, when does that start? It starts uh, Friday, actually. Friday, October 5th. This episode would go up Friday morning. So, if you're allowed to say for Friday. Oh, perfect. There you go. So, it's um, basically... People, I mean, it's not really giving that much away. I just can't give away too many details, but it's basically the Arkham Asylum version of the Joker. Wait, from the video game? Yeah, if people go to the the Warner Brothers uh, studio tour page on Instagram or anywhere, they'll see, you know, the, the incarnation that I'll be portraying. I just, I can't really give any details away other than that. That's fine. Joker's, it's not only fun because of the character, but it's also fun because... Um, I get to talk yeah. and I get to like fuck with people a little bit when I'm the Joker and, and I my wife cosplays with me as whatever version of Harley nice. Quinn goes side by side with Joker. So that's something that's always very fun to do. Question three, coming back to Halloween, what's your favorite Halloween film? Oh, the original, of course. I've... Okay. What's your second favorite Halloween <laughs> film, I guess should be the question. Um, I'm hoping it'll be the 2018 one, but... Yeah, For now, that's a tough one because it, it tends to change depending on what I've seen most recently. Mm. But I think I'd have to go with Halloween 2, the original Halloween 2, just because <laughs> my my mother was a nurse for many, many years. She's now retired. But when I was a child, she would sometimes work really late nights in the hospital. And my father and I would drive to pick her up and he would like pull up to the back of the hospital and say okay hop out and you know go get your mother tell her we're here because like i knew where the nurse's break room was but like we're from a small town like kind of right outside chicago so there's already that kind of like fear of oh my god illinois and then it's it's the same kind of hospital like i would go in there at night and it was just the hallways were dimly lit because they put on like the energy saver mode for the electricity <laughs> and like there's shadows everywhere. So Halloween 2 always kind of resonated with me because of like every time they show one of those empty hospital corridors, I would be like, that's what it's like. I'm telling that's what it's <laughs> like in a small town hospital at night. And he could be like lurking by the water fountain and you don't even know. So like every time I would go in to, to let my mom know we were there, as I'm like slowly creeping down the hallways, I'm like, running past open doorways and like <laughs> peeking around the corners before I turn the corner just to make sure like Michael's not I mean obviously Michael's not there but you know you're a little kid and when you're a kid it's not obvious right yeah like your brain it just messes with you and, and I think I was still young like I saw Halloween way too young and Me I too. saw Halloween <laughs> too way too young so I was still not firmly grasping the difference between fiction and reality Right, right. So that did not help at all. <laughs> I saw part of Halloween 2 filmed. Really? And I still don't know if I necessarily disconnected the two, like reality and the movie. Wow, how did that happen? Uh, my, It was my sister's future in-laws lived right next to where they filmed the, like Loomis telling the sheriff I shot him six times at the end of the alley. Wow. They lived right there. So we were standing on the porch watching them film that. Wow. So that's like, that's uh, South Pasadena, right? Yeah, the, yeah. the Elrod house. I've, I've actually had people do photo shoots 
with me down that alley and behind the Elrod house and everything because they wanted to like capture that that same location and it's changed a little bit but man it looks pretty much the same oh, yeah a lot of it is if you get the right angle it's almost exactly the same oh yeah oh yeah well that's awesome i i can't believe that that's so cool <laughs> and then so we spent a lot of time over i mean that's only a block from where the myers house was yes and yeah. so we spent a lot of time next to the myers house and around that area wow that's I never got to go in the Myers house because I was too young, but all of my sisters did. Man, I can't imagine. I've only walked up to the back door and pretended to like like put my hand on the doorknob like I was going to go in, but it's it's a real estate company now, I think, and they can be a little uh not friendly about people coming around, <laughs> which I totally understand. They're a business. Yeah, yeah. But I mean it's like I would love to go in there and just walk around. My wife will ask me every now and then, she's like, if that house went up for sale and you had the money, would you buy it? And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Like, so. But you'd have to add to it, though, to make it like the movie because that kitchen isn't there. Right. Well, but the, if I had the money to buy that house, I think I would have whatever I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like I talked in a previous episode about the guy who, I think he's in North, North Carolina, Carolina who, who made the house. The Myers house. I think he even has a yeah. Facebook page. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. And they went in, does, took the original design, but then added that kitchen, added another bathroom, I think, yeah. and divided the bath, the upstairs a little differently so they had bigger bedrooms or something. I can't even imagine. But otherwise it's that house. Yeah. That, that, yeah, if you can afford that. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to see it someday. I'm going to have to just. Hey, in person? Make the trip. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm going to yeah. have to make the trip because I see pictures all the time. Every fall people are posting pictures and I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 cool enough to go to like Sugar Mint because it's right behind it. Oh yeah, be like in that backyard. And there's always uh, every time I do anything at Sugar Mint or near Sugar Mint, there's always afterwards the requisite like you know, hey, come you know, stand for the Myers house for us. <laughs> of course, hey, come stand in front. Which of course you do. I mean, no one that's dressing as Michael is going to say no. So <laughs> <laughs> go to hell. <laughs> well, you wouldn't say no. No, I just tilt my head and walk <laughs> away. Exactly. <laughs> So what's the, I don't know if it's the best or weirdest thing that's happened while you're dressed as Michael? That's a good question. Um, see, the probably one of the best things that's happened when I was dressed as Michael, which reveals kind of my dark sense of humor, is when I was, when I first started doing it, I think it was like 19, well, I guess it wasn't when I first started, but it was a few late, years later. It was like 1998 or 9 or something like that. And I was in an apartment that I lived in uh, during college. And I was coming out of my apartment to take out the trash. And then I was going to take my niece trick-or-treating. And we dressed my niece as kind of a altered form of, of mini Michael Myers, like young Michael Myers. She had like a like, oh, like a the clown. clown. A, nice. Yeah, like a satin clown outfit and everything. So we were telling people, oh, she's Michelle Myers. But... <laughs> So I was coming out of the apartment to take out the trash and I had the Michael Myers mask and costume and everything on. And as I was shutting the door, we put up signs on the front door of the complex that said, you know, come to apartment so-and-so and we'll be giving out candy. And my, my parents happened to be in town at the time. So they were the ones giving out the candy to the kids while my niece and I were going to go trick-or-treating. So we hadn't left yet, as I said. And I was coming out with the trash and these two little girls were like walking up the stairs to the second floor, laughing and giggling, looking at each other, you know, having a good time. And I just kind of froze because I was like, oh shit, what do I do? And they 
they looked up and before I could like retreat back into the house and ask my my then girlfriend who's now my wife to take out the trash they looked up they saw me they screamed so <laughs> freaking loud they turned around they ran down the stairs they bolted out the door and I never saw them again and I told my parents what they looked like and they said yeah they didn't come back all night <laughs> so that's probably the funniest thing that's happened when I've been Michael Myers, <laughs> the, or the best thing, I would say. Like I said, it when you say best, it kind of like reveals the kind of dark sense of humor. Yeah, this is a good one for what you do. Yeah, that is. Oh, yeah. And then another good one was when I, when I was at Monster Palooza, I think in March, Ashley Nunes, who is a good friend of mine, and she's, I've been in a couple of films with her. She dressed as, well, she was at Sugarman Gallery. Yeah, as Lori. She, at Monster Palooza, she and I recreated that iconic photo from 1978 of Jamie Lee Curtis kissing Michael Myers. And I, I told her, I, you know, I said, I've always wanted to recreate this photo. It's not because I, you know, want to pretend I'm kissing you because she's like a sister. <laughs> it was like, I had to like pull up the photo and show her like, look, this is a, because at first she didn't really, I don't think she knew which photo I was referring to specifically. And then she was like, oh yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's totally do that. So we've gotten a lot of pub from that photo and we've gotten a lot of love for that photograph because we didn't quite get it exactly. I'd like to try and recreate it when we go to Sugarman again this this uh, Saturday, but we got it pretty close. So that was that was another one of the best things I think I've done as Michael Myers. But how about minute 36? That's is that is minute thirty six when she crosses back over to the Wallace house with Lindsay, or is it when he's hiding behind the tree watching Annie go into the the minute thirty six is when they arrive. Like Lori has just gone into the Doyle house. Sorry, and the Doyle Annie house. Parks. My mistake. Okay, and, okay. So that's when he's standing behind yeah. the tree and watching Lindsay's parents Annie, leave. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, it's one of the things about that scene that I always found really interesting. And, and, Actually, this is something I find with any movie that's good that I love that I've seen repeated times. If it's a really well-made film, I think that's engaging, which I think Halloween is. I mean, it's flawed, but I think it's a very well-made film considering the budget and the era. Oh, especially. (laughs) Any film that I've seen repeatedly that I love, I always notice something new almost every single time I watch the movie. and Which is great. Yes, I love I love finding little details and things like that. Even if it's just an actor's reaction or something, but that scene was the first time I remember noticing that Michael had Vietnam era jungle boots on because when he opens the door huh. to the car to get out, you can see it's there and I believe it's also in this scene where he gets in the car at the school. By the school, yeah. Yeah, I think you in both those shots you can see the green on his boots. I maybe, you know, now I'm I feel bad because I feel like maybe it's the, the school scene. Vito is indeed right here. Second thirty, we see Michael's boots. And not really visible outside the elementary back in minute eighteen. They go by way too fast, even when you freeze frame it's just a blur. These are the things cosplayers notice. But anyway, I think I, I saw it in that in that moment. And also another thing that I love about that scene in particular is it really points to, I think, what made Michael so terrifying and what they're getting back to in the new film, from what I understand. It's that it is kind of super random and it is it gives you that feeling of danger could be yeah. that close. Like, if you're not being careful and you're not being aware, especially like in today's world and you're not paying attention you could be just 
feet away from something or someone that wants to do you harm. And really, truly, like, that moment is terrifying because all he does to stay hidden is just kind of shift from left to right behind this tree. And if they would have just looked to the left, like, they would have been like, dude, busted, everyone get the <laughs> fuck back in the house. But he, it's just that kind of eeriness. You're watching it, and that's part of the suspense. You're like, turn your head, turn your head, somebody turn your head. Like, and I think that's part of yeah. the genius of the movie. You know, that he's there, but he's also not there. Yeah, and even if they did see him, I, I don't think Michael, as the character he is in the first one, would do this. But all he's got to do is just walk around, and he'd blend in with the costumes like there's kids on the street in the scene still yes. or the parents would just be like oh look at that halloween weirdo whatever let's right. go you know what i mean like like the trailer for the new one the kids bump into him and they're like sorry yep, yep exactly like they don't think he's a bad person he's just a guy in a mask it's halloween yeah so it's appropriate it works cool well thank you no, thank you thank you for having me i'm honored yeah since that was a last minute insert to this episode i completely forgot to ask him the usual end question how can the listeners stalk you you can find them on instagram the shape of fear cosplay with a lot of underscores in between the words it's the easiest way to find him i just want to thank Lido again one more time but now back to the notes as usual second nine and he pulls her car away from the curb and it's imdb goof time at around 35 minutes when Annie drops off Lori at the Doyle house, Lori walks toward the front door, which is a French door in this scene. Throughout the rest of the movie, the door is solid. Second 10, Lori reaches the French door at the front of the Doyle house. Of course, the doors of these houses have bigger problems that we'll get to later because the interiors of the houses don't match the exteriors of the houses because they filmed them in different houses. They used four different houses on this block, two on one side of the street, two on the other. So things don't match up. This door thing, though, is weird because we do see this door again from the outside, and it does not have those windows. The camera pans left, so you do not quite see Lori go inside, but interestingly, it looks like she rotates her body. Remember, she's carrying a pumpkin and moves to just push the door open with her body, and I think we just barely see her start to push the door open. Second 11. She's very familiar with this place, very comfortable just going in. Second 16, Annie pulls into the driveway at the Wallace house across the street. The exterior is 1537 Orange Grove. From the script, then Annie's car makes a wide U-turn in the street and starts down the other direction. The station wagon pulls forward and follows her. This isn't quite how it goes, but close enough. Now we get to another IMDb goof. Annie moans about having to babysit at the Wallace's house, and Lori says she's babysitting at the Doyle home, which is three houses down. Later in the movie, the Wallace's house is shown to be across the street from the Doyles. A mistake in the scripting when they didn't have their locations locked down, most likely. But I'm going to allow this one. Looking at the location, North Orange Grove in Hollywood, on Google Earth, I noticed something. I've also been to the real location as well. But I noticed it when looking at just at the map. You've got 1530, the Doyles. Just barely north of it, but across the street, is 1533, where they would film the interiors for the Doyle House. Just barely north of that, but back on the east side of the street, is 1536, which was not used in the film. Then, just barely north of that, but back on the west side of the street, is 1537, the Wallace House exterior. Three houses past the Doyle House, as Obi-Wan might say, from a certain point of view. And if Lori has maybe babysat in each one of these, she might be likely to notice the count. Imagine she's got a filing cabinet in her bedroom. She's got folders of notes on each of the rich families she babysits for over on Orange Grove. 
the Wallaces would, indeed, be three folders past the Doyles, if they are organized by address. Additionally, 1542, used for the interiors of the Wallace house, is the next house on the east side of the street. Counting differently, that's Doyle House Exterior, 1536, Wallace House Interior, three houses. Uh, the script says we see Annie come out of the garage and walk to another two-story frame house, the Wallaces. We, of course, do not see her come out of the garage because I'm not entirely sure that house has a garage. In the movie, yes, the Wallaces have a garage, but we'll come back to the geography of where that garage might be in a later minute. Annie parks in the Wallace driveway, heading in. Today, the house does have a garage addition there. The house looks different. Check Instagram at Michael Myers Minute, and you'll see what this house looks like. Michael drives past and parks on the Doyle side of the street. Second 30, we hear Michael breathing as soon as the car door is open. From the script, the shape gets out of the station wagon close to camera so we can't see him. He glances down the street. Gusts of wind blow the costumes of children going from house to house. I've noted before how the script constantly calls for gusts of wind when the actual production didn't have as much control over that. Second 31, we start to hear kids chanting, Trick or treat, trick or treat, give me something good to eat. Second 35, from the script, the shape moves, camera tracks behind him as he walks toward the Wallace house, and we see the chanting children and we get more Halloween costumes, and I get obsessive about details, as I am wont to do. It's dark now, so harder to make out the details. But we've got about seven people, and it looks like there's no adults with this group. From the front right, we have someone in a dark costume, no details visible, something blue and white and shiny, a very short devil, something brown and white and maybe cat-like, uh, something with a long green cape, something black and white, maybe a skeleton, waving their hands in the air like they just don't care, and something with a black cape. Second 40, the music kicks in. And on the front porch of the Wallace house, we see Annie talking to the Wallaces. Annie, hi, Mr. Wallace. Hi, Annie, come on in. Annie, how you doing today? Hi, well, what time do you want her in bed? So I guess she said hi to Mr. Wallace first and says hi to Mrs. Wallace. It's far away from the camera, so Mrs. Wallace may answer, but her answer gets cut off as the minute ends. That is all for Minute 36. Michael Myers Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. You can stalk me on Twitter and Facebook at Myers Minute or Instagram, Michael Myers Minute. Or join our Facebook listeners group, 45 Lampkin Lane. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a nice review if you like what you hear. Until next time. See you later. Bye. Bye. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh?